This is Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat Vayichi. Prepare for the positive. The book of Brishi comes to a close with the passing away of our forefather, Yaakov. Yaakov's death was not sudden. He had enough time to arrange for his burial in the land of Canaan. He had enough time to bless his grandchildren, Ephraim and Menasha, along with the rest of the children we now think of as the tribes of Israel. The Torah shows us all of these preparations in great detail because they teach us about Yaakov's character, what his tendency and ability to plan for the future can teach us about how to live our present-day lives. Vayichi Yaakov Eretz Mitzrayim Shiva Esrei Shana Vayichi Yemei Yaakov Shenei Chayav Sheva Shanim Barbaim Umaat Shana Vayikravu Yemei Yisrael Lamut Vayikra Livno Liyosef Vayomer Lo Im Namatati Chein Veinecha Simna Yadcha Tachat Yerechi Vaasita Imadi Chesed Veemet Yaakov lived in the land of Egypt for 17 years, and the days of Yaakov's life were 147 years. As the day of Yisrael's death approached, he called to his son, to Yosef, and said to him, If I have found favor in your eyes, place your hand beneath my thigh and do kindness and truth with me. Do not bury me in Egypt. After these happenings, he said to Yosef, Behold, your father is sick. Yosef took his two sons with him, Menashe and Ephraim. Israel saw the children of Yosef, and he said, Who are these? Yosef said to his father, They are mine, which God has given to me in this circumstance. Israel said, Bring them to me, and I will bless them. Yaakov summoned his children and said, Gather, and I will tell you what will happen in the future. Gather and listen, children of Yaakov, and listen to your father, Yisrael. According to rabbinic tradition, Yaakov received this time to put his affairs in order because he explicitly requested it. Yaakov tava tacholi, amar lafanav ribon haolamim, adam mit belocholi ve'eno miyashev bein banav. Mitoch shehu chole shanayim o shloshayamim hu miyashev bein banav. Yaakov demanded illness. He said, Master of the universe, if a person dies without illness, he is not able to settle matters among his children. But if he is sick for one or two days, he can settle matters among his children. The Holy Blessed One said to him, By your life, you demanded a good thing, and it will begin with you. He said to Yosef, Behold, your father is sick. This Midrash touchingly and elegantly solves a textual mystery about the phrase, He said to Yosef, Behold, your father is sick. Who is the anonymous he who lets Yosef know about his father's poor health? It is God himself. And why is God the one who relays this message? It is because this illness is an innovation. This is the first time that the Torah records that someone has fallen ill, 
and the Midrash understands this to mean that Yaakov's is the first illness that had ever occurred. Until this point, people would die suddenly and without warning. If Yaakov had not made this request, no person would experience illness. But more importantly, no one would recognize the significance of becoming infirm. In the verse, God gives the information to Yosef that his father is sick and provides him with the context he needs in order to understand that this is the time to bring his children to their grandfather's bedside. Yaakov's prescience at the end of his life is a reflection of his approach to life in general. Yaakov is a planner. Yaakov's focus on the future is painted in contrast to his brother Esav's focus on the present. Even when they were young men, Yaakov was planning for his future. Ayazed Yaakov Nazid, vayavo Esav minasadev hu ayef. Vayom Esav al Yaakov halitainina min haadom haadom hazeh. Ki ayef anochi, al kein karashimo edom. Vayomer Yaakov, michracha yomet bechorat chali. Vayomer Esav, hine anochi holich lamut, velama zali bechora. Vayomer Yaakov, hishav ali, kayom, vayishavalo, vayimkort bechorato liyakov. Vayakov natan leisav lechem unazid adashim. Vayochal vayisht, vayakam vayelech vayivez esav eta bechora. Yaakov was cooking a stew. Esav came from the field and he was exhausted. Esav said, feed me some of that red stuff, for I am exhausted. That is why they called him Edom. Yaakov said, sell your birthright to me today. Esav said, here I am going to die. What use is a birthright to me? Yaakov said, swear to me today. He swore and sold his birthright to Yaakov. Yaakov gave Esav bread and lentil stew. Esav ate and drank. He got up and left and spurned the birthright. Yaakov's buying the birthright of Esav shows his shrewdness in the way that he is thinking about his future, in contrast to the fact that Esav is thinking only about his needs in the here and now. Because Esav is tired and famished, he is willing to sell Yaakov his birthright, Chayom, since he doesn't have any use for it now. However, Yaakov also has no immediate need for the birthright, but he still wants to buy it because he is planning ahead. Yaakov's tendency to anticipate what will come in the future and act accordingly is reflected in the way that the Torah describes his life and death in the beginning of this parasha. Even before Yaakov has passed away, the text speaks about him in the past tense. Vayichi Yaakov Eretz Mitzrayim Sheva Esrei Shana Vayichi Yemei Yaakov Shanei Chayav Sheva Shanim Varbaim Uma'at Shana Yaakov lived in the land of Egypt for 17 years, and the days of Yaakov's life were 147 years, as the day of Yisrael's death approached. Yaakov is the only character in the Torah whose death is reported some time before he actually dies. In every other case, a person's years are reported, and then the next verse tells us that they have passed away. Yet Yaakov's life proceeds for many more verses, after we have already been informed of the total sum of his years. This is a reflection of how Yaakov lives his life. Though he is technically still alive, he is so intensely focused on his death and what might follow it, that his life is completely determined and framed by its end. Yaakov lived, but through the prism of, as the day of Yisrael's death approached. Not only does the Torah describe Yaakov in this way, 
The psychological disposition of Yaakov is reflected in the way that he chooses to characterize his own life. When Yaakov is first brought to Egypt, Pyro goes out of his way to respectfully greet him. In an attempt to make conversation, or perhaps as a gesture of honor towards Yaakov's elderly status, Pyro asks Yaakov how old he is. Vayomer Pyro al Yaakov, Kama yemei shenei chayecha. Vayomer Yaakov al Pyro, Yemei shenei megurai shaloshim umaat shana, Meat veraim hayui shenei chayai. Velohi sigu at yemei shenei chayai avotai, Vimei megurehem. Pyro said to Yaakov, How many are the days of your years? Yaakov said, The days of my years of sojourn are 130. The days of my years have been few and miserable, and have not reached the days of the years of my ancestors in their days of sojourn. Yaakov's reply here is as strange as it is revealing. It is true that in the end, Yaakov does live about 30 years fewer than his ancestors. But he can't know that to be true yet, since at this point he is still alive. How could he know that he will not reach the age of his father or grandfather? It is clear, then, that his answer is not an objective accounting of years, but a reflection of how he thinks about his life. Yes, he did encounter a lot of misfortune, which accounts for his assessment of his years as miserable. But why does he think of his years as few? This is due not to the bad things that have happened to Yaakov, but to his approach to anticipating the bad things that will yet happen to him. His response does not reflect how long he has or will live, but rather that he lives in a foreshortened way. Because Yaakov's mind is always in the future, he experiences himself there. He is living in the unpleasant future he anticipates, so he has fewer years of the present. He never lives, quote-unquote, in the moment, and those lost moments add up to a shorter life definitely in perception, and also, possibly, in reality. It is tempting to conclude from this that we should learn to be better or different from Yaakov, and choose instead to live fully and happily in the here and now. But the lesson to learn from Yaakov is not the value of living in the moment. For Yaakov's ability to see and live securely in the future that has not yet come is also something that served him well. When Yaakov asks his future father-in-law for Rachel's hand in marriage, Lavan sets the price at seven full years of labor. Yaakov describes his years working for Lavan as extremely harsh and difficult. Hayiti bayom achalani chorev v'karach balayla batidad shenati me'inai. When I was working by day, I was consumed by dry heat and was frozen by night, and sleep fled from my eyes. Yet at the same time, the Torah testifies that these years of toil were actually quite easy for Yaakov. Vayavod Yaakov berachel shavashanim, vayiyu ve'enav kiyamim achadim bahavato ota. Yaakov worked for Rachel for seven years, but they were like just a few days due to his love of her. Yaakov is able to withstand and overcome a difficult present by focusing on his goal. His ability to look forward to and live in the future enabled him to survive what could have otherwise defeated him. It is clear, then, that Yaakov's tendency to look to and even live in the future can manifest itself in a painful and life-reducing way. His dread of a painful future crippled him with regards to a painless present. And at the same time, Yaakov's ability to transcend the present moment 
allowed him to tap into his liberating and life-affirming powers of anticipating and living in a joyful time to come. When Yaakov allowed himself to slip into generalized anxiety and worry, he became bitter and afraid. Yet Yaakov's awareness of the future also enabled him to be strategic and to counter difficulties that would have felled another man. The future is coming. We can greet it with anxiety or we can greet it with positivity. Yaakov's life and character teach us that the way that we plan for the future, what we anticipate and what we expect, has the ability to transform our present experience. Focusing on the negative events of his life and anticipating more of the same allowed Yaakov to accurately say that his life was miserable and short. But there was also a time when his ability to escape the present made a lengthy, drudging, back-breaking period of time feel quick, painless, and productive. In Masechet Shabbat, Rava interprets a verse from Yeshayahu as giving us a glimpse of what will happen to a person when they pass away and reach the heavenly throne. The verse says, V'haya amunat itecha chosan yeshuot, chokhmat vadat yirat Hashem hi otzara. He will be the faith of your times, a strength of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of God is his treasure. On this, Rava comments, Amar Rava, Reva said, When they bring a person to be judged, they ask him, Did you do business in good faith? Emunat? Did you establish times for studying Torah? Itecha. Did you engage in procreation? Chosan. Did you anticipate the redemption? Yeshuot. Did you study Torah with sophistication? Chochmat. Did you understand matters by inference? Vadat. Nevertheless, if the fear of God is his treasure, that is, what he safeguards, then yes. And if not, not. And he will not be admitted into heaven. There are two things to notice about this teaching of Rava. First, he establishes that the most significant of all of the important actions that should characterize a person's intellectual, moral, and spiritual character is fear of God, understood throughout rabbinic literature as a fear of consequences. That is, what keeps a person honest and righteous in their life is the awareness of the future, that whatever acts they have done in the past will live on and continue to have an effect. Second, he includes in his list of questions, did you anticipate the redemption? The verb he uses is litapot, to anticipate, to look forward to the redemption. You will not be asked if you believe with complete faith that the Messiah will come. This is not an epistemological or theological question. It is a question about your attitude. Did you act in the world with confidence that the future has potential and that things could go well? Though you need fear of God and fear of consequences so that you can behave appropriately and can act with wisdom, you also need to have the joyful confidence that will allow you to transcend the present and work towards a better future that you can imagine and that feels real. Wishing you a Shabbat, me'in holam haba, of the world to come. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Debray Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.